Hello, ladies and gentlemen, another edition of the EKN Debrief for you here today on the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole, episode 79. It is Thursday, April the 22nd, and the event that we'll be breaking down here today on the Debrief, the 2021 World Karting Association Charlotte Motor Speedway Karting Challenge. David Cole, of course, heading down to Charlotte, uh, the legendary home of the North American Karting Championships back in the 90s. For those who have been in the sport for a long time, as we know, <laughs> most of the people have turned over, so you may not uh, know much about that particular event. But this race down at Charlotte, uh, very exciting, with three different uh, disciplines of the sport all at one place. Uh, of course, sprint racing, road racing, and dirt racing. And David will have uh, the opportunity to kind of break down everything that happened at this event. Today's show brought to you by Margay Racing. Are you interested in running a kart at one of the biggest karting events in 2021? Do you want to be part of the fastest growing series in the sport? If so, check out Margay Racing Spec Ignite class and their arrive and drive packages. Nothing matches the affordability and competitive level of the Ignite program. It's just one set of tires, national level caliber drivers, where the best driver wins over the best equipment. Bring your safety gear and let Margate take care of the rest. This year's remaining Ignite majors include the Grand Prix of Quincy in June and the WK Manufacturers Cup at Newcastle in September. And there are five Ignite Challenge Series running around the country this season. For more information, please visit ignitecarting.com today. Get off the couch and into a race seat in 2021. All right, David, uh, you were trackside for this one here. A, a bit of a different feel. I didn't bring that up at the start of the debrief. You're gonna obviously going to run point on this to quarterback the show, but uh, a little different. We'll talk about the, the event itself, but the cool factor is that you went down there to focus the coverage on road racing, and I think people were pretty happy about it. I did. It was uh, it was certainly a different uh, weekend for the ecartingnews.com coverage uh, throughout the weekend. As you said, we focused mainly on the road racing part of the triple header that was at the Charlotte Motor Speedway uh, for the karting challenge. Uh, you know, we visited, I got there in there Thursday, so April 15th. So we were able to visit with the Manufacturer's Cup side of things during their optional practice day. So got to see uh, all the Margay Ignite racers work, talk with uh, uh, some of the guy, people at AMAX, talk with some other competitors uh, throughout the paddock as well. Uh, but then once Friday turned around, we uh, I kept my focus on the road racing side of things uh, when they got rolling about uh, 1 p.m. on the racetrack. Uh, a little bit before that, driver's meeting. Uh, just so we kind of started the coverage with that and then uh, continued on throughout the weekend. Uh, and again, um, being part of, uh, you know, it was really different because we had I hadn't really covered a road racing event in probably over, you know, 10 years at least. Say, because yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we've been to a couple, uh, we had the, uh, the F one twenty five program that we used to do with a magazine. That's right. Um, uh, we did a couple of the, uh, the barber invitational events that we used to go to when, uh, when Grand Am was racing there and, uh, had some, uh, cart races with the Grand Am weekend. So, uh, it's been a while. It's funny you say that because <clears throat> talking about the barber, those barber events, I was actually at Barber last weekend when you were down at, at Charlotte, and I was tell, telling Kevin Lee about the fact that we used to have that pro, our project Supercart that Mark Miller drove. And yes. I, was just, I was kind of giving the scoop of how fast they were there, and he was just, what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude, booking 130 miles an hour. Like, what? <laughs> well, and it's good because he understands karting now that his son mm -hmm. has gone up through the karting ranks, so he understands a you know, little bit of the speed and, and nuances of karting. 
So he's not very, you know, unfamiliar. So that, exactly. yeah. And, yeah. and I was, I was in Charlotte with Robbie Harper, who was the carding promoter for those events at Barber. So They're me fun. and him kind of talked about, and he actually mentioned that uh, his favorite time at Barber was when you and Randy Kugler were on the microphone uh, calling the, uh, the carding action uh, for that weekend. So That's awesome. uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny how all everything circles back right. around, doesn't it? So let's, let's, so this event, the, the event was the, the Vega road racing series. It was the grand nationals. Is that correct for, for this year? It was the grand nationals. So majority of the winners, at least those in the championship categories, uh, were provided with the, the coveted WK Eagle for the grand national wins, nice. uh, third event of the 2021 season. Uh, they obviously began in Daytona back in, uh, December during the, uh, Daytona cart week. And then recently they're at Roebling road, for the uh, the second event of the season, what was it like weather wise for you? Mm-hmm. I, from what I saw, it looks like it was it was it was pretty decent throughout the weekend. Let me tell you, I would much rather be back in Charlotte right now than sitting here in Michigan, where we have freeze warnings every so, night. Like crazy. I, we've had to cover up the plants, and and luckily the sun came out to melt the uh, the frost on the on the windshields this morning, taking the kids to school. But Unbelievable. Uh, on, on, yeah, it was on April, on April the 22nd. That's yeah. Well, that's Michigan for you. Like it, it could snow on May, you know, on the first week of May, you never know. But, uh, yeah, perfect, uh, weather conditions all weekend long. We had a bit of a sprinkle on Saturday. We were, we were a little bit threatened about, uh, a race getting canceled, but, uh, it was just enough of a sprinkle to where they weren't forced to, uh, to pull out the red flag for, for wet conditions. But, uh, aside from that, the weather, the temperature was in the high seventies all weekend long, uh, sun, you know, Thursday and Friday were, were sunny all day along with Sunday as well too. So, uh, perfect racing weekend. Uh, what did we have in terms of numbers for the Vega road racing series? Uh, pretty decent numbers. Give us a, give us a breakdown. Uh, you know what it, it's, it's about an average. Uh, it's obviously, it was, uh, we looked at, the totals for each day, you have 170 on Saturday for the seven race groups and then 175 for the six race groups on Sunday. Uh, so that puts you at about 345, which is, you know, back when I was was involved with road racing and promoting, 300 was a great number, at least for for regional and uh, and other things. And and we'll, we'll get a little bit more into the why the numbers weren't as high as they could have been uh, later. But, uh, you know, anytime you're over 300, for a road racing event, uh, you're one, you're paying the bills Two, you're, you're making a little bit of money and three, you're having some good fields. So, sure. uh, right. so I think that, you know, overall wise, it's, it's, it's solid. It, it certainly could have been more, but we'll get into that later. What were the biggest classes? Uh, you know, ironically, uh, CIK Briggs 206 was the biggest class of the weekend. Uh, they had 22 drivers on their Saturday, uh, main event. Uh, so basically the same Briggs and Stratton package that you race at the sprint track and same cart, uh, you just put a different drive gear on it and, uh, and you go out and you make a 30 minute race. Uh, so 22, 22 of those guys, uh, were on Saturday. Uh, the biggest laydown category was Yamaha senior that had 18 on Saturday. So that was the biggest It went down to 14 on Sunday. Uh, the 206 went down to 17 on Sunday because obviously sometimes guys race on Saturday. They don't want to race on Sunday. They're, you know, they're kind of the one day, uh, one day wonder. Um, another good group was the Supercart Unlimited field. We had 13 on Saturday and bumped up to 17 on wow. Sunday with, 
with some of the uh, the drivers moving over from the single category over to the unlimited category. So uh, a little bit of that. Um, Tag Heavy had 14, so a good amount uh, there both days with 14 on that, along with the uh, basically the K100 uh, category, which is called 100cc Tag Senior. We had 12 on Saturday and 12 on Sunday. So uh, that category is a good, again, 206 KAs, tags, a lot of drivers that have the same carts, same engine packages that you would race on a sprint track, bringing them over to the road race side. So uh, uh, very good to see that. Um, obviously, we're good, good to see the good laydown numbers and unlimiteds. It's just a lot of the other normal road racing categories you don't quite see uh, getting the numbers that they used to. So, But again, that's just kind of the ebb and flow of our sport, really, is sure. what it boils down to. And David ignite the ignite guys actually coming over to join on Sunday. Is that is that was that the case? Yeah, they ran Friday and Saturday, uh, two different race days on the manufacturers' cup side, and then uh, brought them over on Sunday. Very similar to what they did at the uh, Daytona Kart Week event back in December, uh, with a th- full three day schedule going two days at the Man Cup and then one day at Road Race uh, on Sunday here at Charlotte. They had nine in Ignite Senior with eight in Ignite Masters, and then seven in Ignite Juniors. So a good amount of drivers coming over to do road racing. Many of them had never been a road race before. So you had some that did it in Daytona. Not a lot of those same drivers were there in Charlotte. And so a lot of these drivers in Charlotte got to uh, to take advantage of the uh, of the program and get their first road race under their belts. I really like that. I think uh, what a great program within the Ignite platform, David, to give – you know, it's all about experiences, right? For for this whole, you know, the, the Ignite Majors, all the Ignite Challenger events. It's, it's all about bringing people into the sport and and wherever they're based at, of taking them somewhere else. Like you're, you're, you're running this track or that track or whatever challenge series. Get a chance to go out and run some majors, some, run some big races. Like, you know, Keith Freeburg said, here's Margay uh, running at Charlotte, Daytona, and last year Indianapolis. You know what I mean? Like the, the three, probably the three big name event, uh, tracks in the, in the country. But to be able to expand for some of these drivers to get a taste of road racing, that's going to be really good moving forward, I think. Yeah, it certainly opened up their eyes, you know, talking with with, with a few of them. It's uh, it's a different different f- type of racing, that's for sure. And uh, certainly opened up, you know, kind of w- woken them up. You know, it's like, hey, whoa, this is this is serious. This isn't just putting around. This is uh, this is, you know, you really got to focus and 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 be sharp in order to be road racing especially with the drafting and everything that happens with with the 206 package. All right, let's jump quickly into the Paddock Pass here, folks. Get things underway. The Paddock Pass today brought to you by Leading Edge Motorsports. Leading Edge Motorsports is the answer uh, to winning in karting. At the helm is industry veteran Greg Bell, who has orchestrated the success of countless drivers dating back to the mid-1990s. Leading Edge Motorsports is the West Coast importer and factory team for IP karting, which manufactures the ultra-competitive Praga and Formula K chassis brands. Leading Edge will be trackside at the Scusa Pro Tour, California Pro Kart Challenge, Stars Championship, and Rock Cup events in 2021. Contact us today to book your spot under the tent. Visit leadingedgemotorsports.com for more info or find them on Facebook and Instagram. At Leading Edge Motorsports, winning never gets old. All right, David, let's jump into the paddock pass. Give me the, some of the thoughts from, uh, from away from the track, back in the pit area. What, what was going on? 
Well, to begin with, uh, during the drivers meeting on Friday, they announced a track change. Uh, you know, that was something we talked about in the outlap, something oh, you really? talked with uh, Kevin and Mike Tetro during the uh, the face to face that you did with them. Uh, you know, there was a little bit of discussion about the about the layout. Uh, the, obviously, the first year in 2019 was not the opti- optimal layout with uh, the Man Cup using part of the Roval that uh, the Charlotte Motor Speedway has. So, so we'll just nix that that layout. Last year's layout was essentially the entire Roval plus all the inner loops that they have inside. Um, inside the actual road course itself. Um, This year, they moved to just the Roval that you see NASCAR competing on, so it did not include any of the inner loops that uh, are part of the infield. Well, looking at it safety-wise, they saw you know where you come onto the oval uh, is a very flat-out corner, or would have been a very very flat-out corner in the carts, uh, shooting back up the banking and only a wall there to to kind of stop you. So uh, they looked at it safety wise, and you're like, you know what? We need to do this this inner loop before we get onto the oval to help keep the speeds lower when you come trans transition back onto the oval because you're talking about speeds through that hairpin, forty to fifty miles per hour. If it wouldn't have been that, you're talking maybe sixty, seventy, eighty miles per hour wow. uh, okay. coming onto the yeah. oval. So that makes sense. You know, it, you compare it to like what Daytona is. It's a it's a pretty tight corner when you get come back onto the oval. But you have a lot of room to uh, to negotiate before you get up to the wall. Here at Charlotte Motor Speedway, it's kind of right there, boom, right there on the exit. And through that that extra inner loop, they're using the entire uh, racetrack when they jump onto the banking all the way up to the wall uh, to continue that momentum and speed to get onto the uh, onto the oval part and uh, be uh, at top speed by the time they get down uh, the back stretch. So. It was a good move by it. Um, you know, again, we'll talk a little bit more about the actual inner loop because the 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 infield itself is perfect. I mean, that you know, what was it constructed? I want to say 2017, 2018, something Probably. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, so that surface is perfect. The biggest complaint throughout the weekend was the surface of the actual oval itself and and then the transitions going from the oval to the road to the road course part of the of the track. So really that was that was a major talking point throughout the weekend uh with the drivers especially those in the categories that are going over 100 miles an hour through NASCAR 3 and 4. Um if you think about it Charlotte Motor Speedway is not like what Daytona. Daytona these NASCARs are going 200 miles an hour and t- around the entire oval. Charlotte they're actually using the banking to carry their momentum through the corners, you know, just like you would think through through a hairpin yeah. or anything like that for yeah. karting. So there, there is a bit of uh, unevenness, <laughs> if you want to say, <laughs> through the oval section uh, of the, you know, through turns three and four, and even NASCAR one and two. Um, so that was that's obviously been a major talking point. I guess they were talking about it last year, even more so this year, where um, you know it's. I, I was able to go out into a cart uh, yeah, I heard that. and 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 kind of get it, you know firsthand take on on the idea. I was only going about eighty five miles an hour in a tag, and it you know it ripples. There is definitely not smooth um, when you compare it to what the infield pavement feels like. Everything inside the uh, the road course smooth, feels good, not a lot of grip, but very smooth. 
you go on the oval and you you do have a little bit of a chatter. So I can imagine those supercarts that are reaching 140 miles per hour with no suspension. They're they're definitely getting a little bit of vibration. Yeah, bet man. Okay. Uh, what else you got for the paddock pass? Um, so when talking about the numbers, um, we said it wasn't quite what it could have been, and that is part partly due to uh, another event going on at the same time, same weekend. Um, one of the obviously hampers with road racing and uh, and scheduling is you're kind of given the dates that you can give that you're given. Yeah, that's it, right? You can't you can't pick and choose your dates normally. So <clears throat> what what's available at these big road race tracks? And especially like a, a facility like Charlotte Motor Speedway, they're like, yeah. here, this is your date. You yeah. you take it or leave it. Uh, m- most other facilities are like that as well too. And and the Woodbridge Cart Club was actually running an event at their Shenandoah facility at Summit Point uh, Motorsports Park. So uh, a number of racers, just you know what, six seven hours north of Charlotte Motor Speedway. We're up there racing on the same weekend. So uh, so you have that. And then if you think about it man cup wise too, um, you know, there was a Route 66 Sprint Series race at Newcastle. It's not a lot of Midwesterns, Midwest drivers came down for the Manufacturers Cup Series side of things too. So uh, again, scheduling is always, always a, uh, uh, something that we have to deal with. You know, sprint racing has been getting a little bit better uh, with people trying not to schedule on top of one another. But road racing... I think that's always going to be uh, a hard hurdle to get over uh, because, again, you are given what you're given. So um, yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens as, as this goes along. Um, you know, and if this weekend becomes kind of a permanent weekend for for the road racing program or just WK in general, and we'll see if if other clubs and other events are able to schedule around it. So, uh, you know, obviously, you know, there was chatter, you know, talking about the racetrack, the racetrack. Maybe a couple of years down the road, the oval might get repaved. So that might help bring more people back because of the roughness, because there's always different factors in why people don't go to event. Um, so, you know, surface could be one of them and it could just be scheduling as well. Yeah, true, true enough. But again, like you said, that when it comes to, to road racing, the, <clears throat> the the groups really don't have a lot of opportunity. Just, you know, here's a, here's our track. This is the, the, the open date. If you want it, you can take it. If you can't. But then again, if people start talking, we potentially can work our way away from these conflicts. And anytime we don't have conflicts and people can go race and get everybody together, because Dave, you think about the amount of, you know, you said you had 345 entries this weekend, man, how many entries could have you, you could have you pulled from the Woodbridge Car Club, right? That's, uh, that, that's the key. That's the key. And, and, and that's why I think the first year that they had it, um, parking actually went over into the man cup side of things so that we didn't have that this weekend. So I know the numbers are there. It's just again scheduling and 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 other factors that help uh, bring numbers back up. All right, folks, our first break in the action. This edition of the EKN debrief. When we get back, David's going to start working his way through the categories, telling you about the racing that happened at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Don't go anywhere. More to come. Made in the USA. That's exactly what you get from Precision Karting Technologies. Based in Detroit, Michigan. PKT brings over 35 years of manufacturing experience to the sport of karting. Their passion for the sport began focusing around the kid kart platform and has expanded every year with hundreds of products designed to put you on the podium. Precision Karting Technologies is known around North America for their successful line of axles available in all age groups. PKT manufactures a number of engine products for Comer, IAMI, Rock, Rotax, and the popular Briggs & Stratton 206. 
A wide variety of chassis components for the many brands in the sport are available through PKT, including hubs, pedal risers, skid plates, and other hardware for your cart. Axle straightening, chassis adjustments, engine service, and specific CNC machining projects are available through their Motor City headquarters. To learn more about the many products and services available from Precision Karting Technologies, head to pktaxles.com. It all started in 1994, when former successful kart driver Albino Perilin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perilin was born. Fast forward 20 years and Perilin's passion for the sport led to the company rejoining international competitions as a factory team in WSK and CIK FIA races, with the aim of enhancing the research and development process, immediately achieving notable results around Europe, North America, and Asia, becoming the CIK FIA Asia Pacific KZ champion in the same year. Perilin USA is North America's source for Perilin products we run a factory team at all of the major Supercarts USA and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for Junior and Senior Classes, and the 28mm Mini Cart for the Cadet Classes. Parallel has been winning races all over the world, and it's on top of the podium in the USA as well, with drivers like Kai Sorensen, Mateus Arjuela, and Alessandro De Tullio. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parolin. For more information, head to ParolinUSA.com. Welcome back to episode 79 of the EKN Debrief. David Cole giving us a full breakdown of the WKA Charlotte Motor Speedway Karting Challenge, the event that, of course, had road racing, uh, sprint racing, and dirt racing at the uh, Concord, North Carolina facility. Jumping now into the race report, David will take us through some racing here. And, of course, the race report today brought to you by OTK USA. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the, in the U.S., OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic and Xpreet chassis, and now the new Red Speed and EOS brands, OTK quality is second to none. To learn more about a specific product line or to find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xpree, Red Speed, or EOS, visit www.otk.usa. All right, David, let's jump in here now. Let's uh, let's start talking about some of the races. I guess let's go race one and race two on Saturday. Fill us in. Yeah, opening event, uh, opening race group of the weekend was just two categories, the largest of them being the CIK 206 Sprint Class, with the 22 drivers, along with the 100cc tag senior division. Uh, the 206 class went down to the wire uh, after a, a red flag stopped the race early. It went basically went 15 minutes after that for to decide the winner. Uh, four drivers essentially came across the line, or sorry, five drivers came across the line all at the same time with a uh, five hundredths of a second separating the first two drivers. Uh, Jamie Russell earning the victory over Kevin Darling uh, in the 206 division. And then as we look to the 100cc category, uh, three drivers came across the line very close within a second of each other with Jake Mueller earning the victory over Ian McFarlane with McKenna Wrights in third. So uh, a very close um, opening race weekend or opening race group to start the weekend. 
uh, and one of the largest race groups with obviously the 22 that were in 206 and then the 12 that were in the 100cc uh, division as well. You know, David, probably a good opportunity to take the time if any of our sprint racers are listening to this edition of the debrief. The and, and you've raced ro- road racing, you know, all your life. That's kind of what you, you've you've done. You've done sprint racing, but a lot of road racing with the family. It's a different approach, isn't it? You, you, a lot of the times, you'll see these super super close finishes because it's all about patience. Get yourself into the into a pack and and then working within that pack. Yeah, and and lap traffic obviously is is a huge part of it. Um, you know, a lot of times we see in sprint racing they black flag or blue flag the uh, the lap traffic either to get them off the racetrack or to have them pull to the side. Here it's you you got to negotiate your way through. Uh, obviously, the hundred cc tags are are quicker. They were turning lap times of a minute fifty seven, where you have the Briggs two hundred six at two minutes and twelve seconds. So there's wow. a big yeah difference in speed and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more in the Sunday race of it but luckily here you know um, you know lap traffic does have a little bit to say and and who stays in within the lead group or who might uh, who might lose that lead draft uh, because of traffic so uh, both sides you know either the quick group trying to get through or the quick group messes up the slower group so uh, that's something that you know again I talked to Phil Pignatero I'm like you know, this is just is just a big chess game. You know, it's a big chess board, and it's a long game. You just have to uh, to be able to uh, uh, kind of map your way through and be the, to be able to be there at the end of the race. Yeah, and if you're a sprint racer who loves the drafting aspect of of, uh, of sprint racing, you need to think about going road racing because drafting drafting is big, right? Well, yeah, if you like to battle at the brickyard or a race at like Newcastle and you love that kind of drafting mentality, yeah, road racing is your kind of thing then. You you, sh- you should blend in very well. <laughs> David, let's go to race number two on Saturday. Your race number two on Saturday. Again, they could have combined race one and race two, but they didn't. They kept them separate because uh, I'm not sure why, but they did. But uh, uh, not too many in the in the second race group. We did have three categories, uh, the largest being IAMI Sprint with six drivers. Uh, Jason Lorang was able to drive away, lead wire to wire in that race uh, that went th- the full distance, full 30, 30 minutes. Uh, Lorang was able to pull out to a 6.8 second lead uh, by the time the checkered flag waved and completing 15 laps to beat Matthew Turner in uh, the IME Sprint division. Uh, Otto Vollmerhausen was uh, quickest driver in WKA Sprint, uh, scoring the victory there over Mark Justice with Mandy Doles, the the, uh, the lone competitor in the Yamaha Sportsman Sprint race or class. All right, folks, another quick break in the action. We get back. David's going to wrap up. We got uh, race three, four, and five. We're going to talk about some shifter classes, more, uh, more, a little bit of laydown stuff. Uh, again, more as we work our way through Saturday's action from the WKA Charlotte Motor Speedway Karting Challenge. Feel like you're racing alongside the many legends that have called CRG home. With direct factory support, the CRG Nordam operation is the North American distributor for all CRG products related to karting and is based just outside Houston, Texas. The complete racing chassis line, including the famous Road Rebel shifter cart, is available through CRG Nordam. The growing FS4 Briggs & Stratton focused chassis is expanding worldwide, including right here in North America. Many tracks, indoor and outdoor, have made the switch to the Centurion rental cart line through CRG. New for the 2020 season is the Mini Hero for cadet racing, 
homologated for FIA competitions around the world. Head over to CartCRG.com or find them on all social media networks. Are you ready to make the jump from karting to race cars? Then check out the top-rated Allenberg Racing Schools at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca in Monterey, California, led by former Formula One World Championship driver Alan Berg. Whether you're starting a racing career, looking for a new adventure, honing your driving skills, or seeking an unforgettable experience driving the world-famous corkscrew, our team of professional coaches and proven curriculum will provide you with everything you need to drive our race cars to the limit. Programs in 2021 include one-day, two-day, and three-day schools. Successful graduates earn their certification to apply for a SCCA racing license. For schedules and more information, check out our website, allenbergracingschools.com, or call us at 888-722-3220. Custom group and corporate programs also available. Welcome back to episode 79 of the EKN Debrief. David uh, Cole walking us through the action from the WKA Charlotte Motor Speedway Karting Challenge in Concord, North Carolina, the event just last weekend. Into the race report already brought to you by OTK USA. David, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, let's talk about the quickest guys on the racetrack. Race three for Saturday included Supercart and Unlimited One. Yes, as you said, the quickest race group of the weekend. You have Supercart Unlimited One, which is typically the fastest race group. You have the uh, the twin cylinder 250s. You have the single cylinder 250s. You have, again, B-Stock runs a separate class as well in this race group, but uh, it can be part of Unlimited. Uh, this one was uh, Paul Gatto was able to uh, essentially lead wire to wire with quick lap was a minute 38.4 seconds. So you think about that. Your Briggs, your Briggs is going about what, 65, maybe 70, and you're getting a two minutes, 12 second lap. I mean, that that 138 is just like zooming by uh, when you're going at that speed. What chassis was what's Paul on? What's uh, Paul was actually on a PVP chassis with a PVP engine. So oh, really? uh, okay. the, two, uh, the two combinations. Uh, Tillo, uh, Ahus, and I think they just call him AJ. Well, so we'll just call him AJ. Uh, at least Johnny called him AJ because it's yeah. easier to say AJ. Uh, was the driver in second place with Joey West, uh, Johnny West's son, uh, finishing in third. Johnny was actually there. Um, you might have seen a video of it, a laydown twin cylinder 250 that uh, he raced at Daytona and is essentially taking it to track to track just to uh, to continue development for, uh, for Daytona. Essentially <laughs> just trying to get all the bits and pieces working right and, uh, and getting it tuned in. To uh, to be able to be uh, quick again at Daytona for uh, the 2021 event, so uh, interesting. Uh, made two laps, and again, this was the race group that actually had rain come down. So Johnny was one of them that came in early, among uh, a couple others that came in early as well too, because it did continue to kind of sprinkle uh, throughout the uh, the 30 minute race. Well, listen, if there's any class that you'd like to see have pretty good grip and not have any rain, it'd be the guys in Supercart and B Stock and whatever else. Whatever exactly. <laughs> Exactly. You said B-Stock. We'll talk about that next. Uh, that actually went down to the wire. Two drivers were essentially nose to tail for the entire half hour event. Um, and they're only going about a minute 44. So you're looking at still uh, uh, six seconds slower than what Paul Gatto was able to put down in the uh, in the supercart. So 
You think B stocks are fast? It's super carts are just amazingly fast. David, give give, give the uh, the non road racing guys a little overview of what a B stock is. So B stock is essentially a laydown cart uh, with two engines on it. Uh, the the engines sit on each side of the driver, so one on driver's left and one on driver's right. Uh, the exhaust points out to the back toward towards the back of the chassis. Uh, so you're essentially again a laydown cart. You're looking through your feet. And then you have essentially both engines at your head screaming at, you know, 15, 16,000 RPMs. Bad ass. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And this, it. so, but, and ironically, you don't typically see a close finish, but this one we did with um, Jim Farr Jr. able to edge out Tom O'Reilly uh, for the victory coming in, uh, both drivers coming in within a second of each other. I want to say it was a last lap pass with uh, far game getting around O'Reilly on the last lap. So uh, what, what else do we have in race three for Saturday? Uh, open sprint, uh, only one driver, Christina Griffith. Uh, she was a lone driver, made four laps before pulling off, I think due to the wet. Yeah. Uh, vintage twin, one lone driver with Tom uh, Tritow, uh, the only driver in that category. We also had the Sprint 125, or the 125 Sprint Shifter class with uh, seven drivers. This is essentially the KZ category. You see some open uh, moto Honda engines, but you also see some stock Hondas running it as well, too. So essentially, any 125 uh, shifter engine in this category on CIK-style carts. Uh, this one was a little bit of attrition, uh, not due to the rain, due to some engine malfunctions. Uh, essentially, Russ Piles was the one last one standing uh, when the checkered flag waved, so he was able to score the, uh, the victory over... Kevin Wheeler and Robert Wimmer. Uh, race number four uh, on Saturday at the WKA Charlotte Motor Speedway Karting Challenge, part of the uh, Vega Road Racing Series in the WKA program. Uh, all lay down for race number four? All lay down and a 45 minute race for the lay down group. So, again, just, uh, most of your sit up uh, categories go 30 due to the amount of fuel they're able to hold, where the lay down categories, because they can have extra fuel tank, can go the, uh, the 45. Uh, minute distance as we talked about in our outlap in the old days it used to be an hour or some even longer back in the day so uh, again 45 minutes and the cat the category to watch in this uh really the only category that had more than one competitor was the yamaha senior division they had again 18 uh signed up in this class for the uh for the day um this was a two driver breakaway uh, Randy Folks, Mr. Daytona, a driver with well over 50 victories at Daytona and, and all victories at all number of different racetracks around the country. Uh, it was a battle between him and Patrick Olson. You may be, uh, many of you sprint people may be familiar with Patrick Olson, uh, grand national winner, uh, on the sprint side of things. Uh, and as also actual, the USPKS assistant race director among those, uh, watching, uh, along the fence line and uh, calling uh, in the penalties and stuff like that for USPKS uh, when he's not racing. So uh, these two drivers essentially broke away in the 45-minute race, kind of was a back and forth. Uh, Randy had the, uh, the, uh, the infield covered a little bit more than Patrick, while Patrick had a little bit more of the top speed. So uh, kind of that uh, you know uh, back and forth duel that you kind of see once in a while. And this one went down to the wire. Um, as they came onto the banking between NASCAR one and two, uh, Hol Olson was able to get around folks as they, uh, as they went through the banking. Um, no, actually that was a different race. Um, was, uh, 
Olsen was able to get around him on the outside at NASCAR three and four. That's what I meant to say. Uh, and then make the, make the pass going into the, uh, in the infield chicane and was able to, uh, to cross the line first ahead of folks for the, uh, the grand national Eagle. Nice. Uh, what about, uh, the formula 100 and extra? Yes. Uh, yep. Formula 100 lone driver, Joe Thomas, along with, uh, David McCulley, the lone driver in the X30 laydown. So essentially the same X30 you see on the sprint track, put on a laydown chassis with um, an axle clutch as well to uh, to help it go. And uh, again, uh, they were the lone drivers in those two categories. Hey, listen, speaking of laydowns, I saw a video of you uh, checking clutch engagement. Did they? Uh, did you get offered a chance to drive one or what? No, no, no. I, I you know, I, I was actually just... They had pulled it out of the garage, and I'm like, oh, let me see if I can if I can still fit my fat ass in them. And uh, I, not as good as I used to because I used to be a lot skinnier when my dad had a laydown. So uh, bigger feet and a and a bigger ass and a bigger yeah. belly. So it does not help. But uh, yeah, I, I you know it's it was a Yamaha. I know how to clutch test those things. Well, course, I was yeah. about four. I was about four hundred. Uh, RPM off what I thought it was without looking at the gates. So <laughs> I right. still kind of have it. I have it a little bit. You're getting there. Howdy boy. Uh, all right, let's wrap up this particular segment with race number five from Saturday. Uh, a, a pretty interesting mix of classes, I think, in terms of laydowns, shifters, single speeds, four cycle, uh, a, a really kind of cross section in race five. And a few laydowns to add yeah, into that, that mix yeah. as well. Uh, yeah, it is a, it is a weird mix of this. This had six classes that actually raced uh, in race group number five. Um, and I said the laydown group, there was actually Formula 125 was in this group. Um, and I asked them, why are you guys in a 30 minute race when you typically go 45? And they didn't have a good answer for me. They, they right. weren't sure. So that's something that uh, might have to be looked at uh, by the, uh, the race officials. So yeah, we'll see. But F125 seems like it'd be a better class for race four. Uh, that's exactly what I said. And, and right. nobody could come up with why they just, they race when they're told. So I guess that's uh, what, what happens, but there uh, a familiar name to, to me and you, uh, Mitch white yeah. able to, to score the win in the formula 125 class, a uh, long time uh, racer in that category was able to beat out Jeff Metter and Alan Hollinger uh, for the victory in that category. Um, the quickest race, race class in the race group was the stock Honda division. And that featured uh, nine drivers in the category. Um, that was another close finish where you had three drivers essentially nose to tail the entire distance. Um, this one was actually red flag too, but and uh, given um, time after the red flag, because the red flag was early on, um, they were able to continue on. And it was a three driver fight to the end with uh, Steven rogue, Rujo, uh, yes, sorry, Steven Rujo, uh, able to score the victory over Pascal Torres and uh, Lee Waddle. Uh, so that was a close battle all race long. Uh, Animal Sprint had four drivers. Uh, ben Tom Thompson Thomason was able to uh, earn the victory ahead of Rob Garland and Hank Hefner. Uh, we look at Tag Heavy. That was a pretty good race group with fourteen drivers. Um, that had Jarrett bank. It was again, another attrition class, a uh, number of drivers either out during the red flag or just out throughout the race. Um, Jarrett bank was able to score the win over Gary Searcy with Richard Buckley in the third position. Uh, Yamaha sprint had five drivers. That's a category I used to race back in the day. Still have 
the pictures of Road America up behind me on the wall. Yeah, you uh, do. <laughs> Jeff Jeff Hale was able to score the victory over John LaRue and Robert Hoskinson in third. Uh, and then wrap it up with the CIK LO206 medium category with 14 drivers. Uh, essentially the same Briggs and Stratton class, uh, just at a different weight uh, to allow the uh, the Briggs drivers to, to race multiple times throughout the weekend. Uh, Trey Kelly was able to score the victory over Rob Garland with uh, another familiar name, James Michael Sullivan, finishing in third. Nice. Uh, Dave, let's throw this out for the, again for, for those non-road racers right now. You talk CIK 206 or, or, or let's say it was a CIK, the 100cc class, the tag class, uh, a Yamaha sprint. Uh, compared to a CIK Yamaha or Yamaha Sprint, what does a Sprint class mean in in, in comparison to CIK? Well, they they signify the CIK because uh, that is the same type of chassis, same bodywork that you'll see come over from the Sprint track. Yeah. Um, most of the other categories that just say Sprint, these are the full uh, enduro style bodywork, full aerodynamic package that you'll see around the driver with a sit-up sit up style seat. Uh, majority of them have the sit-up lay-down style seat, so you're as low as possible, but still have that type of uh, sit-up posture uh, to where you're not completely laying down on your back like a lay-down cart. But uh, again, mostly it's due to the aerodynamic uh, side of the actual cart. So Yamaha Sprint and then the Animal Sprint uh, are two essentially the same style carts, just with the Yamaha engine or the Animal engine. And the full, and the full big fiberglass. And the full bite. Yep, exactly. Yep, good enough. All right, folks. Into our next break in the action week. Come, come back. Uh, we'll get David to cap off the remaining categories from Saturday's action. Experience and passion. That's what led to the launch of Amax Racing. Owner Charles Maxwell began Amax Racing in 2015, expanding the operation in 2019 with a focus on driver development for racers of all age groups and backgrounds. From top level drivers to grassroots racers or families looking for a team that will help them achieve their goals, Amax Racing can guide you with the absolute best trackside service at affordable prices. No matter the chassis, Amax Racing welcomes you and has the experience to put you on the top of the podium. You can join the Amax Racing family in 2021 at the Cup Karts North America, United States Pro Kart Series, and WK Manufacturers Cup Series along with selected local events at Whiteland Raceway Park and Newcastle Motorsports Park. For more information, contact them at 317-437-5886 or find them on Facebook. Amax Racing, all of your karting needs under 110. You can buy all the latest and greatest products on the market. But when you're carting to win, it boils down to one thing. You, the driver. Gain the knowledge and abilities by investing in yourself at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. And you'll find those extra tenths of a second you need to put yourself on the podium. The school was established by Supercarts USA Hall of Fame driver Allen Rudolph with decades of victories and championships in multiple forms of the sport, including other disciplines of racing. Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, located at the Speed Sports Racing Park in the metropolitan Houston area, is designed to teach driving skills at all levels. The instructors of the academy have decades of racing experience and educating drivers of all ages. 
Classes at the Academy will teach the concepts and skills needed both behind the wheel and off the track. From the beginning kart racing experience and intro to karting courses, to their advanced one-day and two-day courses and karting clinics, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can improve the skills of any driver. For more information on the specific programs that the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can provide for you, head to speedsports.com and click on the Racing Academy page. Be sure to follow the Academy on social media by searching for Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Welcome back to the EK Debrief, episode 79. David Cole taking a deep dive into the WKA Charlotte Karting Challenge from uh, the track in Concord, North Carolina. Tremendous weekend. We're, of course, focusing on the road racing side of things. Uh, David, let's go and cap off Saturday because another cool little uh, uh, group of drivers and, and, and cl- uh, classes, rather, six different cl- categories in race number six. Yeah, race number six was scheduled to go 45 minutes, but unfortunately a red flag stopped uh, the race after the halfway point. And uh, the race was called after essentially 26 minutes uh, into that race. But uh, uh, when the official results were uh, posted, Dean Dibble was the uh, the winner in the junior enduro. I almost want to say he was a winner overall, but he wasn't actually. Um, we had a vintage Piston Port winner. Dennis Griffith was the actual overall winner, along with uh, Vintage Open winner Dick Charis. Uh, Dean Dibble was actually the WKA eSports champion this past winter, so I believe you remember that name from uh, the couple of starts that he did in the the Road to Indy uh, e-racing series. uh, And he did great running running the WKA livery car. Yeah, so uh, did a great job uh, on Saturday. Uh, was able to uh, to get away from Josh Toth uh, in the Junior Enduro. Uh, Yamaha Sportsman Heavy, again, lay-down category with full body work, very similar to what uh, the Junior Enduro uh, package is. Uh, Joe Payne was able to score the victory in that category over Mike Collar and Lee Fairing. Uh, 100cc controlled, had one driver take the green flag, Gary Mickish, uh, scoring the win there with only one driver in the 100cc piston port division, Michael Hamilton in that category. Capping off Saturday's action, race uh, number seven, uh, essentially an, an all four cycle class, right? All four cycle class. You had a number of 206 engines out there along with a clone category. Uh, Clone's still part of the uh, the road racing side of things. Um, Clone Sprint 390, that was won by Darren Green and a tight race over Robert Garland. That went down to the wire. Uh, great thing about road racing is we're trying to get the youth involved with it, and there's actually a Cadet 206 division uh, oh, nice. for road racing. Uh, had two drivers there. Matty Ulm was able to score the victory over Kale Darling. Uh, we also have the junior 206 division that had Travis Far- Varney uh, winning over Kate, Kat, Kate, Kat, Ulm. How would you say it? Kate or Kat? Well, I, 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 it's <laughs> oh, sorry. My... C-A-I-T. C-A-I-T. I would, C-A-I, I would probably say Kate. Kate Ulm. Kate so there Ulm. you go. So two drivers in junior, two drivers in cadet. Uh, we had a 206 Sprint 390, so for the heavy drivers, opportunity to race your CIK, or actually that's a full uh, bodywork class, so yeah. a full enduro bodywork class. Aldolf Garzub was able to score the win over Todd Horton. 
Uh, we did have a CIK 206 heavy category. That was won by Rob Garland over Glenn Smith. And then wrapping up the categories, we did have a couple of Margay Ignite drivers come over. Uh, Greg Medford uh, scored the win in, in Masters over John Clark with Timothy Smith in third with Bobby Krug, the lone driver in Ignite Senior. Nice. Uh, good job for those guys. And again, good good race group there to have all those different uh, forcible categories part of it. You can obviously hear it, folks. So many different opportunities to race when it comes to road racing competition. They try to fit in all these different classes. Uh, some, as David said, ebbs and flows. Lots of drivers one year, maybe not so many the next year, depending on drivers moving up. And, and of course, depending on the event itself. We know that there was a conflict with the Woodbridge karting uh series as well all right folks let's uh, have another quick break in the action we're gonna start sunday when we get back after this break in racing experience is priceless franklin motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing with a large online product selection select track support events and a wide variety of shop services Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at www.franklincart.com where all our products are just a mouse click away. We're constantly adding to the growing product selection on the online store and we ship daily to ensure products get to you quickly. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, ceramic products, driveline branded products, Briggs & Stratton engines, OTK products, and of course, the championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fill your karting needs. Franklin Motorsports is also known for our wide variety of services and is home to Innovative Engine Works by FMS, our in-house engine service department. Frame straightening, cart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. The Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is where out-of-the-box ease and outstanding consistency meet to create legendary races. Briggs & Stratton's history of motorsports dates back to when the first engines came off the assembly line in the early 1900s. Their focus on the grassroots level continues to help build generations of racers. Since 2008, the Briggs & Stratton 206 has gained a following that has the engine powering the largest fields in North American karting today. From the club level of track programs to traveling regional series and national events, Briggs & Stratton competition provides the most exciting racing in the sport. Engineered and hand-built exclusively for racing, every Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is power tested and serialized before it goes in the box. Carters can take that engine straight from the box to their cart and be on the podium at the end of race day. Be sure to follow Briggs and Stratton Racing on Facebook and through at Race Briggs on Instagram. To learn more about the 206 engine or to find the North American dealer near you, head to BriggsRacing.com. Briggs and Stratton Racing, what powers you? Back at it again, jumping into the Sunday action, the WKA Charlotte Karting Challenge, the road racing event as part of the World Karting Association. Uh, David, let's uh, get back at it. You returned to the racetrack on Sunday morning, and it kind of started things off again just as you finished uh, on Sunday with a bunch of four-cycle classes. They did throw a couple of, uh, 
I believe some Yamaha classes in there as well. But a lot of foresight, a lot of Briggs in the opening uh, race group on Sunday. Yeah, essentially race group seven was mo- was put in the position of race group one on Sunday. So we saw who we just talked about uh, at the end of Saturday come up and start uh, action on Sunday. I think part of that was due to the uh, the Ignite program. They were able to uh, to come in, do their practice, and then boom, get their race in right away. Um, and again, we had some pretty good numbers in the Ignite division. Um, Ignite Senior had the, uh, what I say, nine drivers in that category. Looked to be like it was going to be a three-driver uh, fight for the victory, but uh, Alexander Surreal, or Surly, uh, Surl lost the, lost the draft about um, <clears throat> sometime after the halfway point. That allowed Avery Schwamm and Bobby Krug to uh, to decide it between them two, and Schwamm was able to uh, reach the checkered flag first over Bobby Krug uh, for the victory. Uh, a familiar name in the Ignite Masters category with, uh, again, a two-driver breakaway there. Uh, Phil Pignatero was able to break away Mike Stevenson. Uh, as they were racing nose to tail, they caught up into some traffic, and again, Traffic kind of decides things when things are close, and uh, Pignatero was able to get away from Stevenson uh, late in the race and able to score the victory by two seconds over him. Uh, My wingman. Exactly, your wingman, the guy that you, that you could probably push. I pushed, I pushed him to P2. I was quite qualified second at, at the Brickyard thanks to Phil Pignatero. <laughs> Uh, Brandon Moore, another uh, Ignite racer we're familiar with. He uh, ended up winning the fight for third in that category. Uh, The junior division had seven drivers. Uh, Again, a couple of those drivers were mixed in with a master's driver. So, again, traffic or just racing overall kind of dictated how this race uh, ended up with Connor Willis able to get away from uh, Ethan Goulart. Uh, for the victory, getting up to a three-point second advantage by the time the checkered flag waved with uh, Miles Doherty in the third position. Uh, Cadet, we'll start there. 206 was Maddie Ulm, again, winning over Kale Darling. Uh, junior 206, Travis Varney, uh, earning another victory on the weekend. Uh, LO206 Heavy, or CIK LO206 Heavy, this time was won by Rob Garland. Uh, it's clone sprint 390 was won by Robert Garland, able to get that victory. That's got to be dad, um, right? I assume. I don't know the family very well, but I assume there there is a bit of a relationship there. I want to say. <laughs> um, let me see. Uh, clone. Yep, I already said that one. Uh, Lo 206 sprint 390. Aldolf Thompson earning the victory there. Uh, what one did I miss? I thought I missed a few. Oh yeah. Down here below, uh, WK sprint, uh, Otto Volmerhausen earning another victory in that class, along with Mandy Doles earning the win in Yamaha sportsman sprint as well. In the race number two, now back at it with a bunch of the laydown categories, junior enduro, hundred CC piss, support and control the Yamaha senior or rather Yamaha sportsman heavy in a couple of vintage categories as well. Yeah, this was race group six on Saturday, race group two on Sunday. So, again, many of the same uh, drivers that we saw in both days. Uh, Dean Dibble earning another victory in the junior enduro category. Uh, Vintage Open, Dick Charis, the lone driver there, along with William Anderson, the lone driver in Vintage Pistonport slash USA. I'm just going to say that Dick's name might be Charest as opposed to Charest. 
Charis, Charé. Charé. I'm know. just throwing it out there. Maybe I'm wrong, but maybe I, it depends. Is he from the South? <laughs> that's, that's very true. Sorry. Sorry. I just, you <laughs> names. I hate, I hate. Go back at Charé. If he's from the South, it's Charest. But we're going to whatever. Congratulations, Dick. Vintage Open. I, I do like the fact that they, they have the vintage categories. I, yeah. When I see those carts and those guys out there, 100% respect. Yeah, these are, again, the vintage carts are the ones without any bodywork whatsoever. Yeah. So all you see are the gas tanks on the side, like the aluminum yeah. uh, gas tanks, the full ones that go from tire to tire, and then uh, just Nerf bars covering up their feet. So not even covering it, but just sitting out in front to uh, to maybe stop it from hitting something. Uh, really, really, they were only used to kind of bump the guy in front of you is really what the Nerf bars used to be That's used right, for. Right. Um, yeah. And the vintage open is basically an open engine, um, single engine. Uh, and then obviously vintage piston port just, uh, or USA, I believe William Anderson was on a McCullough. So if I recall correctly, Amazing. So, uh, Amazing. uh, Yamaha sportsman, three drivers, Lou fairing, uh, earning the victory there over Mike Collier and Joe Payne in third, uh, hundred CC controlled had a new winner, Justin green scoring the victory in that race over Michael Marr, Gary Mikish. Mikish in the third position. Uh, 100cc piston port actually went down to the wire. Uh, Lamar Hillard uh, was leading the way throughout majority of the race until, and if you've raced a Yamaha, you know this is very familiar with the uh, the actual studs that hold the exhaust back out of the engine. And uh, you could hear it as he was going around the last few laps. Yeah. That allowed Craig Wetzler to uh, to close in late and uh, actually make a move for the lead on the last lap to uh, to score the victory. So uh, Lamar missing the uh, the victory by just one point two seconds due to the uh, the studs on the exhaust. Ah, tough, tough. All right, folks, we get back after this break. Uh, we're gonna go to race three and race number four. We'll talk some stock Honda again. We'll get back at it with the supercarts and the uh, the laydowns. Uh, still more to come here on this edition of the EKN Debrief. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive and drive programs are available in 2021 for the USPKS and the Supercarts USA Pro Tour and Super Nationals with full product sales and service and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Karting Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private, one-on-one -on -one coaching to take you to the next level. Trinity Karting Group is also your Midwest home for Tony Kart and IAMI, and we're your source for MG and Avinco tires in the region. Tony Kart quality cannot be beat, so call us today to put you in a new chassis for your next event. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group has a long history in the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513 421 4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com fast fair and fun 
Ignite Spec Karting offers you all of that at an affordable price. And the all-new IgniteKarting.com website provides you with the information you need to fuel your passion for kart racing. Ignite Karting is a spec kart that features the Margay Racing chassis with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and a Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the junior, senior, and master's classes utilize the same Ignite K3 kart, which puts all the emphasis squarely on the driver. You can race the Ignite package from Margay at the local, regional, and national level. Special events for 2021 include the Ignite Majors, featuring events at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, Quincy Grand Prix, and Newcastle Motorsports Park. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the regional-based Ignite Challenge Series at tracks in Iowa, Missouri, Indiana, and Illinois. Local club programs have been established in Idaho, Texas, Nebraska, New York, Ohio, and Florida. All the information that you're looking for on events throughout the country and on all the Ignite car packages, including dealers in your area, is available at IgniteCarding.com. Get off the couch and on the track this year. Ignite Karting. Fuel your passion. Welcome back to our continuing podcast here as David Cole gives us the full report for the WK Charlotte Karting Challenge, the road racing event, the Vega Road Racing Series, part of the WKA. The race report today brought to you by OTK USA. David, let's move to race number three on Sunday. we got Stock Honda, you got Tag Heavy. We got some sprint classes in Yamaha, Animal, and a CIK 206 class as well. Yes, quickest category in the race group was stock Honda. This race actually was going to go down to the wire, but a red flag came out just a couple minutes before the checkered flag did. So this race was called early. Uh, when the race, when the red flag did come out, Pascal Torres was leading the race in stock Honda, was given the victory ahead of Steven Rougeau. And Lee Waddle in third. So that was again another three, another great three-driver fight. Uh, unfortunately, with the red flag uh, deciding it a little bit too early. Uh, tag heavy. That victory went to Matthew Turner. Turner on an X30 beat out all the other uh, tag engines in the category. Was able to 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 uh, to break away with an 8.5 second lead by the time the red flag came out. He won over Craig Mortz with Jarrett Bank, the Saturday winner in third. Uh, Yamaha Sprint had two drivers fighting it out uh, for much of the race until the red flag came out. Uh, Steve Jeffers was able to uh, earn the victory ahead of Jeff Hale. Then we'll go up to the uh, Animal Sprint 390 category. Ben Thomason uh, earning the victory there, winning by 11 seconds over Hank Hefner. The CIK LO206 medium category, which had 16 drivers, uh, Jeremy Yancey was leading uh, at the at the last completed lap. It, here's here's a great number: zero point zero six five is what he crossed the line at on the last completed lap. So he was able to beat out uh, Rob Garland for the win in that race with James Michael Sullivan in third. Damn, that's uh, that's that's close racing. I love to see that. Uh, let's go back to the cap off uh, race on Sunday, race four for the drivers in the Supercart and the Unlimited class. Yeah, race four again. The fastest race group of the of the day. Uh, the actual fastest lap was not put in by a race winner. Brandon Schenkel was able to put down a one thirty seven point two lap. Uh, that is certainly flying. Let me. I'm okay. going to compare it to. Uh, now I got to find where I think it was race 
three on Saturday, was it? Remind me. Can you look at the script? Yeah, yeah. Race three on Saturday. Okay, that's what I'm trying to find. So that was I. Yes, that was the quickest lap of the weekend. So really, one thirty-seven point two. Unfortunately, Brandon wasn't able to complete uh, the race. As you know, some of these super carts are sometimes finicky uh, with the uh, electronics or jetting that uh, that they do run. Uh, Paul Gatto was actually challenged the Saturday winner. It was actually challenged early on. Johnny West switched over to the sit-up supercart that he had in the uh, in the trailer, and he was able to kind of challenge Paul for the first few laps. Uh, got a little sideways on the exit of the hairpin uh, coming onto the oval. That allowed Paul to kind of get away, and then eventually Johnny just pulled off, uh, complaining of the roughness of the racetrack. But uh, was a little bit quicker than what Paul was able to put down for a lap time. So, again, he has a little bit of the bragging rights on that end. But Paul was able to go the complete distance, going the full 30 minutes to score a second victory on the weekend. Brian Wilhelm, a former laydown 125 and laydown 250 driver, uh, pulled out his first uh, Anderson Supercart chassis for the first time. Has the uh, really? 250 single speed engine on it. Uh, yeah, if you looked at, if you watched our, uh, our paddock live video on Friday, we talked to Brian a little bit during the beginning part of that, uh, was shaking down his first supercart chassis that he's ever driven, never done a supercart before, always done lay down for the majority of the right. time. Yeah. Uh, actually didn't race on Saturday because he had a little bit of issues with, uh, the, uh, uh caliper on the rear brakes. So, uh, Sid Denales, uh, a fellow racer, was able to provide him with um, a, uh, a caliper to uh, to put on Brian's cart. So he was able to kind of shake it down further uh, during the half-hour race. And Brian was able to last uh, the, the full 30 minutes to, uh, to finish second in another attrition-filled event. I'm actually uh, looking at – I just jumped on Facebook real quick to have a look at the hot rod. That car looks good. Yeah, like. it looks it looks solid. Uh, again, he's working with uh, Ian Harrison uh, with yeah. the uh, the Viper engine. So again, a, a, an engine built specifically for for karting. Uh, it's it's a unique package. So yes, if you do have time, check out our video. Kind of gonna go over things with him a little bit on that on that ride that he has. Uh, Alan Hollinger in the laydown F125 chassis. He was able to finish third in the Supercar Unlimited field. Nice. Um, Joe Havorka was uh, able to outlast everybody in the 125 sprint shifter category after having engine issues on Saturday, was able to go the full distance on Sunday to score the victory in that category over Robert Wimmer and Ralph Cox. Uh, Vintage twin Tom Tretow was the lone driver in that category with, uh, again, vintage twin, two uh, engines on the cart, lay down chassis, uh, screaming no loud. Work. What's that? <laughs> no body work with no body work. Exactly. Very similar to what my dad had a couple of years ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, a minute 52 lap time. So that thing's still zooming around there. Yeah. Uh, he was a lone driver in that category with David McCauley, the lone driver in the X 30 laydown division. All right, folks. Uh, one more break here before we, uh, look to cap things off. We got uh race five or race six from Sunday up next. There's a new hot button name in American safety equipment, Stilo USA. Every product with Stilo is focused on safety, comfort, and function. 
Stilo USA is happy to provide you with the proper safety apparel to keep you protected on the track, and their karting lineup is second to none. The ST5 KRT karting helmet is available for $599. Manufactured using a lightweight and extremely strong composite material, the KRT provides an excellent fit and comfort level due to its dual density interior foam lining, and it's equipped with a symmetrical visor that offers excellent vision and an effortless central visor locking system. The ST5 CMR standard was developed jointly by the FIA Institute and Snell Memorial Foundation to ensure safer and lighter weight helmets for the younger carters. Drivers rave about the superior comfort levels, lightweight construction, and the unparalleled field of vision. The perfect youth helmet is available for $549. Stilo didn't stop with their helmets either. The newly developed Carbon Curva Rib Protector is unlike any on the market with its form-fitting solution to offer superior protection. Head to stilohelmets.com to review these and many more products to keep you safe on the track. Stilo, any competition, one helmet. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors of the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Kart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. Back live here at the EKN Radio Network, Rob Howden alongside David Cole, our debrief for the WK Charlotte Karting Challenge, uh, the road racing event down at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Uh, David, race five, race six. Let's go with race five first. Yamaha Senior, Formula 100, and Yamaha Sportsman Medium. Yeah, again, the, the category watched in this uh, race group was the Yamaha Senior Division. Only 14 drivers uh, signed up for it on Sunday. It looked like we were going to have a good race going. Um, Patrick Olson, Saturday's winner, was challenged early by Rick Folks, and then Randy Folks was slipped back a little bit and was third. Uh, after the opening circuit, as they came around for lap two, we were missing both Randy and Rick for a bit of a time with Patrick Olson out front all by himself. Ended up being a little bit of contact between the two Folks brothers during the uh, the inner loop there. Uh, so a little bit of uh, brotherly angst, <laughs> you might say. Um, that essentially gave Patrick Olson a clean run out front as he was able to break away the only driver in the minute 52 lap times uh, throughout the 45-minute race. He was able to establish a 32-second lead in the 45 minutes. Oh, okay. uh, a good race battle as Rick Folks was a- or Randy Folks was able to regroup after the uh, the little incident with uh, with Rick Folks and was able to run down Jason Lorang and beat him to the line for the second position. So. That was really the race to watch with uh, Patrick Olson out front uh, all alone. One lone driver in the Formula 100 division with Joe Thomas winning that race. And then one driver in the Yamaha Sportsman Medium class with Mike Callier 
uh, winning that division. Let's cap things off with race number six, David. The final race of the event on Sunday, uh, IAMI Sprint, 100cc Tag Senior, and CIK LO206 Sprint. I think we have three. We actually had three categories, right? That's what I said. Okay, sorry. Uh, so we'll start with uh, IAMI Sprint. Uh, eight drivers in the field. This was actually a pretty good race as well, too. All three categories provided a good race and essentially went down to the wire for all three. Uh, Matthew Turner jumped out to the lead early on over Jason Lorang, Saturday's winner. I want to say he was down by about four seconds after the open, first few opening laps, uh, but Lorang was able to uh, to put down some good lap times, quickest in the category, uh, a minute 51 to be exact, uh, and was able to run down Turner and uh, beat Turner to the line as a checkered flag wave to uh, to score a second victory in that category with uh, Gary Searcy in the third position. Uh, we'll go to ya- the 100cc uh, tag senior division, basically all KA engines in this division. Um, a great race. This race, three drivers were kind of breaking away, or was four, and then it dropped down to three. The, the race to the checkered flag actually happened with this, ca- this class along with the CIK LO206 class. So both lead groups just happened to reach the checkered flag at nearly the exact same time. Wow, okay. Again, you know, you're talking uh, the 100cc class did basically lapped them twice to to finish 15 laps rather than the 206 class finishing only 13 laps. So it was just weird how it happened. So while taking photos, it was kind of hard to like, oh, that was that one class. Oh, that's one class. That's it, right? Uh, But in the end, Jake Muller was able to score a second victory in the, we'll say, KA class uh, as he was able to beat out Philip Eastman and Colin Teague to the checkered flag for the victory. And then at the same time, as we said, the 206 category was crossing the line. This was essentially a eight-driver lead pack. Then it kind of shuffled down to like a two-by-two-by-two with uh, the top two drivers able to kind of get away with a pretty good lead towards the end. And the two drivers deciding it at the checkered flag with Kevin Darling beating out Kyle Bickford by just 78 thousandths of a second. Ooh, nice, nice race to the line. Just to update the, the 100cc tag senior, probably Jake Mueller, right? Let's, I'm assuming that's probably how, the way you pronounce his last name. Mueller, I mean, yes. Mueller. Mueller. Yes, Jake Mueller. Uh, but Some yeah. people say Mueller. <laughs> with an E in there? Yes, I've I've had my friend. Yes, really. Yeah. No, all right. Well, that makes sense. I guess maybe. <laughs> all right, folks. That's all the action. We're done. We get back. Final break in this particular edition of the debrief. We'll wrap things up. We'll look at the ECAN Trackside Live race calendar for the end of April and through May. You want the best? You just gotta roll with the best. Streeter Superstands. This is Jeff Wessel from StreeterSuperstands.com. You wouldn't put subpar parts on your racing cart, so why put that cherished ride of yours on anything but karting's number one lifts and stands, Streeter Superstands. Streeter is the original and genuine manufacturer of the second-to-none Bigfoot rolling stands, stackers, uprights, and industry-leading superlift. We also manufacture and sell the largest and always-growing roster of trailer and shop accessories like tire, engine and jug racks, cabinets, spray can trays, beat breakers, and tons more to outfit any size trailer, team, and budget. Streeter Superstands has over 30 continuous years of experience 
brick cart racers just like you and know that the Streeter name represents the absolute best in stands, lifts, and accessories for karting enthusiasts worldwide. Durability, affordability, unmatched quality, and customer service, that's what sets us apart from the rest. Check us out now at StreeterSuperSand.com. Roll with the best, StreeterSuperSand.com. Located in Mooresville, North Carolina, on-site at GoPro Motorplex, Cartsport North America features over 6,000 square feet of retail space. Along with being the official race team and distributor for the Cart Republic chassis, they offer full retail sales, cart service and storage, and products from the top brands in the sport, such as CZ Chain, Talon Sprockets, SKF Bearings, and Prisma Tire Gauges. If you want to take your racing to the next level, they also offer driver training and coaching programs available trackside at GoPro Motorplex. They have a massive inventory, so head to their online store at cartsportna.com to get same-day shipping of the parts and components that you need. While you're there, check out their used section of carts, engines, parts, and accessories. Cartsport North America, top quality products, winning brands, and professional driver development services. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. This is the EKN debrief of the WKA Charlotte Motor Speedway Karting Challenge in the Vega Road Racing Series. Something a little different for us. David Cole heading south uh, for that event, but not focusing on the Manufacturers Cup, although he did dip by there and have a look. The focus and the coverage on the weekend was on the Road Racing Series. Now, we got a lot of really good feedback from people online and, and through DMs thanking us for being there for part of that. Shout out to the WKA, uh, Mike Tetro uh, and Kevin Williams for bringing us down to focus on road racing, which I think, obviously, David, for you, uh, some, getting back to your roots, I think, right? Yeah, getting back to my roots. Uh, and, you know, it, it was it was good to see um, a lot of familiar names and a lot of new new faces. Uh, you know, there's road racing. You see uh, drivers who have been there since the early 60s, late 70s that are still there. You know, again, just pounding out laps and or just being part of the uh, the atmosphere and being part of the uh, the event that is uh, the road racing side of things. Uh, but again, with uh, with the, the the sprint style categories coming, you know, becoming more popular with the road racing uh, division, you you see a lot of new names and new faces that uh, that you're not familiar with. So that's good to see uh, getting back to the road race track side of things because it's been a few years since I've been at a road race. Love it. Well, let's wrap things up. Uh, overall, let's look at the event. Let's look forward. What are your thoughts on the event itself? Uh, again, near perfect weather. Aside from the little bit of sprinkles that we had Saturday, uh, it was perfect. It makes me really want to go back to Charlotte right now and uh, and be in the warmth rather than the cold. So, uh, But uh, the thing with road racing is you want to have perfect weather because if it does rain, it either cancels the day or or delays things and cuts race time down considerably. So, um, you know, a sunny or at least a clear, uh, clear day with no rain is is always a good day at the road racetrack. What were your thoughts on uh, overall numbers? Again, that's one thing that, you know, that the health of any event, looking at the kind of numbers you, you, you rolled in. You, you mentioned the conflict, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, the, obviously the conflict hurt overall with the numbers, but when anytime you get over 300 in a road racing event, it's a good day. Um, I'm sure the numbers have inflated more uh, in, in terms of cost, but, um, you know, the entry entry fees have, have risen a little bit as well too. So that kind of helps offset uh the inflation for costs, whether it be track rental, 
ambulance or, or even just paying the workers and this and that. So, um, uh, I think, you know, overall it was good numbers. Um, but you know, what, what does the future hold for the event? I'm not quite sure because of, you know, people were complaining about the track surface itself, at least with the oval. Um, I don't think the transition in the, in the chicane was an issue really that bad. Um, you just had to kind of know where to hit and where not to hit. Um, you know, we had a couple incidents through that, that section of the racetrack. Um, but then we also had set, you know, just regular incidents that brought out red flags and on the infield. So, uh, um, you know, I think the faster categories, a lot of people don't like the, uh, the, the way the surface is. So that might help that might hint hamper the numbers that we get for future events, unless something's done. But, uh, you know, um, WK's obviously got the eyes and attention of the, uh, of the, of the, uh, the ownership and management of the Charlotte motor speedway, you know, they're kind of in a partnership now, especially with the sprint track now being there. And then the summer series that they're going to host, uh, this summer as well too. So, you know, maybe something will be done, you know, because who knows what NASCAR, you know, thinks of the oval and, and, in and what they think of the roval itself. So we'll see what happens with that. But, uh, you know, overall, I think it's good to see again, what, you know, what you kind of talk to a little bit, uh, in the beginning, what the old North American karting championships used to be, uh, you know, all three racing programs together at one event, you know, very similar to what we have at Daytona. Uh, and I want to say Kevin Williams, the WK president said we had over a thousand entries for, for all three events combined. So you count in the dirt with their two days of racing, the man cup with the three days of racing, and then the road racing with their two days, uh, over a thousand entries total. So overall, uh, you know, it was uh it was a solid event. The dirt racing was great to watch. Enjoy um, that. That the obviously being a, a four tenths of a mile compared to what we have down at Daytona, it certainly put the draft in in play yeah, throughout I, I throughout yeah. the day. Uh, so you could see a driver going from fourth to first, uh, just just with a good draft off the really? corner down the straightaway. Yeah, it was you know well, you know and a little bit of a help from behind. You know maybe yeah. some pushing. You know, but it, it certainly wasn't that follow the leader type mentality uh, in the dirt dirt track side of things. Um, Man Cup side, um, they might need to regroup regarding class structure uh, and kind of focus maybe more on the 206 and the 100cc divisions. Uh, and then obviously, you know, micro and mini divisions as well, too, and maybe go only two days of racing. So uh, we'll see what happens with that as we move into the future. What's up next for the WK Vega Road Racing Series? Uh, next on the schedule, uh, not too far away, uh, on May, April 30th through May 2nd, uh, they will head to the worldwide technology raceway, a very familiar place for you in Madison, Illinois. They will take on another Roval that, uh, used to be the gateway Roval now is the worldwide technology raceway Roval. Um, very quick course, not a lot of technical aspect to the track, uh, aside from maybe the 180 coming back onto the oval on the back stretch before you go to uh, what is the oval turns three and four, so uh, a very quick track uh, that I've that I've I was on a long time ago. I can't even remember what I think it was. Maybe when I, I think the year I got married, 2003 was the last time I was there. Yeah, I'm literally just I want to jump it up real quick here. I, I remember some big races being held there, but I'm, I want to I want to get well, WK where the track is. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, WK has been there in the past uh, and it's helped, hooked back up with the championship enduro series 
So they'll actually host the event, but it will be a points race for the WKA Road Racing Series. Nice. I like it. All right, David, uh, let's jump in now. Uh, and, and get ready to wrap things up. The ECAN Trackside Live race calendar. We'll have a look at where we're going to be going in the next couple of weeks. This edition brought to you by Kemetic Gaskets. Kemetic Gasket has become a leader in the performance gasket market by collaborating with engine builders such as Roush Yates Engines and ECR from the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Kemetic cutting-edge gasket technology has then been applied to the Burris Cup Series as the spec gasket, and from there to the entire gasket line for the karting market including both two- and four-cycle engines. Kemetic offers the latest and most complete line of gaskets for today's performance-minded carter. Visit www.kemetic.com for our complete lineup of carting gaskets. Custom build? No problem. Give us a call at 440-354-0777, and we can help. All right, David, uh, where are we going? Uh, it's actually you for the first one, me for the second one. Only a couple of weeks away. Let, let it, yeah, maybe a week and a, a bit away, right? You're heading to uh, you're heading back to Newcastle for the first time this year. And the second one is us, not me. Anyway. Yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> yes, less, basically, I will get a rental car in one week and uh, be ready to travel on April 30th down to my second home, which is the Newcastle Motorsports Park in Newcastle, Indiana, as the United States Pro Kart Series hosts their second event of the 2021 season, the Heartland Grand Prix, set for uh, April 30th through May 2nd. Nice. That should be a big weekend there. Remember, USPKF coming off a uh, uh, absolute record-setting event uh, down at Ocala Grand Prix. Pre, pre-entries are just at 200, I want to say, with uh, that closing up, I want to say, over the weekend. Wow, 200 already. I love it. Great stuff. Uh, and then we will be heading at the, <laughs> at the end of May. Like Essentially, it's Indy 500 qualifying weekend. You and I are going to be heading back to Utah Motorsports Campus in what they call Grantsville, Utah. Now it was always Tuella, but now it's Grantsville, Utah. For the uh, second round, well, second event, third and fourth rounds of the Supercarts USA Pro Tour, the Spring Nationals at Utah Motorsports Campus. David, I'm really looking forward to that event. I think the opening round, the Winter Nats down in NOLA showed us some great racing. You weren't able to be there, so you're coming back to the Pro Tour again. Uh, the racing was good, and, and Utah, as we know, uh, a really challenging racetrack. A challenging racetrack, a fast racetrack, a dusty racetrack at times so we'll see if that becomes a factor thankfully we're going there in may may provides better weather uh in terms of temperature at least so it's going to be comfortable for us late, and, may, and, thankfully too. late may yes so it's going to yeah. be comfortable for us uh you know because we'll be outside again yeah. in the uh we'll, we'll give it a, a name you know obviously the team cooper tire tower but uh, we'll have to come up with a different maybe a maybe something else aside well from Scooses Neil Strickland. We were talking about it when we were at Noel. That he's uh, he's thinking about trying to figure out a way to make sure that we're not totally out in the open if the, if rain does come or whatever it may be. So they're going to try to uh, put up some kind of shanty for us. So yeah. We'll, okay. We'll, so the team Cooper Tire Shanty. There we it's go. A, it's a Cooper Tire broadcast shanty. Broadcast shanty. I like that. But uh, yeah, it, it should be exciting. Well, I know. And again, for me, I wasn't at the uh, the Winter Nationals, so. I'm not quite sure, you know, who who are going to be the names to watch. So that'll be something that uh, we'll get into during the, that outlap yeah. and uh, and that preview. But uh, excited to be back in Utah. I lo- I like 
going to the Utah Motorsports Campus. It's just a very cool facility. We have plenty of room. Uh, there's plenty of uh, of uh, host, uh, restaurants to uh, to check out, yeah. especially a place called In and Out Burger that we That's might have it. to visit. That's it. That's it for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, but most definitely, it's going to be a great great weekend for sure. And and remember, folks, with all of our podcasts. Uh, David mentioned already the Outlap Preview podcast that we'll do. We already mentioned the USPKS race at Newcastle. So here we are Thursday right now. The race at WK was last weekend. I'm actually here already in St. Petersburg for the Grand Prix weekend for the road to Indian IndyCar. But David, we'll be doing our Outlap podcast for USPKS next Tuesday, probably, right? So uh, lots of more content still coming here on the EKN Radio Network. Yep, we got uh, an Outlap. We're probably going to do a This Week in Karting. Uh, what else did I write down? I've got a face-to-face uh, planned up too. We got a couple face-to-faces yep. coming up pretty soon too. But podcast-wise, yes, this week in karting, and or unless you make us do it live, and uh, <laughs> and an, and a, and an, an outlap next week for sure. And then, as you said, you got the face-to-face, and then after that weekend, we'll have a debrief and some more stuff uh, coming up for you as we enter the month of May. Uh, month of May. Indeed, I've got a couple. Like I said, I'm going to talk to Brittany Loba from the um, the Texas uh, Sprint Racing Series. They have a, they're having monster events right now. The Texas scene is big, and we're going to pin down Joe Janowski from the Stars Championship too. They had a really good opener as well. So front hey, row, our, Joe, <laughs> the, the Polish hammer. Um, yeah, lots going on, folks. And as David said, right around the corner from the month of May, we're all karting fans for sure. Love the sport. Indianapolis 500 coming too. That always makes me happy. So, all right, folks, we're done. We wrapped it up. The WKA Charlotte Motor Speedway Karting Challenge. The debrief is done. As you know, ECAN Radio Network, all the podcast platforms, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean. It's everywhere what you want to get podcasts. Thank you so much, folks, for joining us. On behalf of David Cole, my name is Rob Howden. Bye for now.